And you know, this morning, um, as, as, as we were starting off, it's, it's amazing just to hear and feel God's presence um, and um, in one, in, in unison, um, as we declare that worthy is the Lamb. And you know, one of the things, one of the, let me tell you one, one of the practical steps I do when I wake up. Um, not necessarily when I wake up, because sometimes Ella would wake me up before Singizi Yishe. Um, but when I wake up, um, the picture I have in mind, because growing up, I used to love um, the, the smell of bread. As it smells, as it bakes. So um, I am glad I did not marry a baker. I would be in problems. I would be in real problems. So, um, Ben, I hear you. You and Terence, you are in another league. I, 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 I am praying for grace for you. Uh, anyway, so you, I, I would hear the smell of bread. And the smell of bread really excited me as it's fresh in the oven. Because it was fresh. And so whenever I, I, I wake up in the morning and I am to get into God's presence, I feel and I start imagining my bread in my mind. And the fresh aroma of the bread. Because he has fresh manna for each and every one of us every single morning. And so as I get into his presence, I get into his presence front foot. I, I, I kick every sense in me that is telling me contrary. That is telling me I am tired. That is telling me I am faced with a lot of things. That is telling me that I can't be able to press in. And as I do that, I, I am able to, to see God. And I start visualizing that God is in front of me. And so if he's in front of me, then I am stepping into his presence. And so as I do that, I'm able to kick off every negative feeling that I am feeling. And I step into the place whereby I can be able to hear from God. Hello? That it has to be a switch that we constantly come and we switch. And especially when we gather at a time as like this. And, and Frank is leading us, and one boy is not is confused whether to continue with the service or we just linger in that place of telling God that He is worthy. It has been satinized. Um, all sanitizing protocols observed. Uh, and you see, um, that's when all the things start coming into your mind. And, you know, Thursday, it, it happened to be, that was a time whereby we woke up and we felt as if there was just a negative um, atmosphere around. Not that anything had happened, but you can wake up and you're feeling as if things are not working. And we called ourselves into a meeting and I remember we just pushed everything aside and we started declaring the goodness of God. And we started declaring the masses of God. And we started declaring God's victory even over the home. So do not wait for someone to switch you on. Maturity calls for you to be able to switch yourself on. Maturity calls that you'll be able to step up even when everything else around you is telling you to step down. Hello? That you can be front foot pressing, knowing that as you close your eyes, you are transcended and you walk and you step into the supernatural. And this is not just a privilege for those who are called pastors or those who are serving, but it is for each and every one of us who identifies as God being their father. 
and we're going to speak more about this at some point. Um, so we've been focusing on the, re the rebuilding, focusing and laying an emphasis on the aspects of the children of Israel who had gone into captivity, and some of them started coming back bit by bit. And we've talked through as well this being a season of rebuilding. And we talked about and emphasized it was not just about doing touch-ups. It was not just about doing um, the facial adjustments, if I can call them that, or adjustments that can be seen by the eye. But this is dealing and looking at the foundations of who we are as individuals, our walks, and us asking ourselves what in our lives needs to be rebuilt. When we look through the pandemic, when we look through everything that has happened, what focus do we need to lay, layer in on in terms of places that we need to ask God to give us wisdom to start again? And we, as well, through the journey, went through that whole aspect of rebuilding our income and business streams. Hello? Um, we... Sam, we, I think we need to as well do a survey to start seeing how many people have started implementing these things. Um, then we also went through that whole aspect of um, how it started through Nehemiah, who out of having a heart, when he heard the report that the walls were still down, that it ached him to a point whereby he said, I'm not going to wait for anyone else. I'll stand up and do something about it. Because you know what? There are things that, and there are, there are places that God impresses in our hearts. And he does not just impress in our hearts so that we can put that duty to someone else. But there are things that God presses that he knows he has divinely placed everything that is needed in us so that we can be able to step up to the plate. That it's not a matter of saying, yes, Lord, I hear you. This is a good word. Please send Festus. Because oftentimes, we, 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 it, it almost feels as if that is what we've normally done. We're like, man, that word was good. Man, that word really hit the point. But I think this was Ruben's word. And uh, as I say this, I remember, <clears throat> I'd stayed in church for quite some time. And me, by the way, let me, let me not lie. I was, I, I was the one who was all... I used to come whenever the worship used to end and I would be the first one to say, you know, we used to end our service where I was by saying the grace. I would say amen as I was at the gate. And that's, that, that was my normal day-to-day -day thing. I would hear words and I would hear messages and I'm like, yes, that is a very good word. I'm hoping that so-and-so was listening to this because this one, this one, this one, or whoever it is that needs to catch this. But then I remember I went to a conference and I can't, I, 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 I will never forget, it was a conference and um, missionary Mother Are was preaching. And he talked about how um, Christ, how everything else is like dung compared to the knowledge of Christ. Compare, and then he, she posed a question. At least this is what I remember in my mind. 
that if Christ had given it all for us, uh, what about you? What is it that is too big for you to give up? And I remember that I, I did not wait for anyone. I did not wait for any other prompt. I said, I will start with myself. Because I said this, this, this thing had sunk in too deep for me to say I will leave it for someone else to do it. But I said I will start with, with myself. That it is the same charge almost that Nehemiah had upon hearing that the walls were down, that he got so aggravated that he said, I'm not going to wait for anyone else. And one boy took us through how he started off by praying. He, he called a fast because it was a matter that was too deep in his heart. When was there a matter that was too deep for you that you even called for a fast? Or are you waiting for us to call a fast? We will still call a fast. But over matters that we feel as a church. But what about the matters that God has placed in your heart? Because let me say this, you know, go as the, the number that is in this room, the number that is listening right at home, there are things that God has designed that can only be done by you. Hello? Let me say it again. There are things that God has designed that can only be done by you. Bo <laughs> ben, Benson. Ben Morgan, there are things. Ben Morgan, there are things that God has designed that can only be done by you. Hello, and no matter how, no matter how I may be concerned about a matter, if it is not part of the assignment that God has laid for my life, I will not be able to do the assignment in a manner that is pleasing to God. Let me say this again. In as much as I may be having a heart for something, if it is not in alignment with the assignment that God has given, for example, for Mary to carry out, I'll be like a square peg in a round hole. I will plug the gap, but I'll be out of my element. I will try and seal the cracks, but I will still be out of my element. And so each and every one of us, God has called that we can be able to operate within spheres and places where he has called us. Let me give another example. Me, I'm not a dentist. I do not like going to dentists. I was lied to a few years back saying they do cleanups and it does not hurt. I, it was, that person lied. They lied. It hurt. And I'm glad you only have to do that once in a year. Oh, I am mistaken. Sharon Muvoka may tell us. Eh? Twice. Uh, because me, I felt it was painful. I said it would be once. <laughs> but in that sphere, as, 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 as Sharon operates as a dentist, and as... as as Kevin operates, not this Kevin, but as Kevin operates as a finance person, that the, 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 the things and the areas that God has called us, they are completely different. But still, all of us must operate first and foremost as believers before even our professions. 
Hello? This was not even the message. But anyway, let, let's go there. That the aspect of our calling supersedes the aspect of our training. You may be, you, you may be, uh, let me use the example of Frank. For those who do not know, Frank is a chemist. He has learned chemistry to the highest degree. Me, I, 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 I do not want to remember my chemistry that I learned. But I use it somehow in atoms and molecules somewhere. But the calling that he had supersedes, supersedes him being trained as a chemical person. That he has a calling, first and foremost, to lead people before, to lead people in praise and worship. And you know that calling supersedes the training that he received. Because he will not give an account as per the training he received. He'll give an account as per the calling he had. Hello? That he will not give an account. At me, I went to, uh, I went to um, Harvard and trained as a business analyst to the highest degree. But it will be, okay, you, that in itself is immaterial. But what did you do with the calling that you received? And that's why it's very important that all of us are able to step into the areas that we've been called. And this is to say that all of us, as long as you have God, Christ Jesus in you, that you have a calling. The problem is sometimes we, re we, we reduce our calling to our training and to our careers. You may be a tax collector, <laughs> tax auditor, tax collectors, or oh, they're still there, KRA. You may be a tax collector, but still the call of God is on your life. And so even in the marketplace, that's why there has to be a radical shift. Because you, we are not just having so-and-so who is trained as, um, as a baker, but we have a child of God operating in the giftings of being a baker. Hello? Anyway. Anyway. So, Nehemiah had a heart and moved towards doing all that, um, to, towards doing something. Number one, as one boy pointed out, he took a pause and fasted to get clarity. Because oftentimes we find ourselves we need to always pause and find clarity. Because without clarity, it's easy to run with God's instructions and not God's heart. And oftentimes, even me, myself, I have repented because I have realized I, have, I, I, I took off, not with his heart, but with his instructions. Because when you take off with his instruction, instructions, you will never understand, the the, not even the reason behind. You will never execute it out of a place of knowledge. And so he paused and prayed and reflected and then got a go-ahead. And God caused him to go and have an approach with the king. And he got all the things that he needed. And he went and he started rebuilding the, the walls. Of course, the temple had already been built um, with earlier, earlier guys who had already had that move, that um, action within themselves to come and do something about it. But at the same time, 
um, over the series. If you've missed any part of the series, please plug in and, and, and hear it. It was, it was very interesting to understand that all these things were happening because of a promise that God had made. And it is God himself who came and started activating different people to move into the places whereby to start his people being able to return back. And as we read in Ezra, it says that he, he, God himself was the one who touched the heart of the king, that the king now would agree for the people to leave. And then we went through all that places and we paused in that place of talking about that rebuilding. We've been called to a deeper place of intimacy. Um, hopefully we'll continue where we left off. But the central focus was this, that the whole reason why the children of God found themselves in a mess was as a result of disobedience. And the efforts that had been put in place um, by all the kings that came, if you look at the cycle, kept being a continuous cycle of when they had a good king, they would do well. But whenever they would had a bad king, they would go back into a place of sinning. Because you know, Sometimes we find ourselves, as modern-day children of God, we are in captivity or slavery, not because it's the journey that we ought to take, but out of disobedience. Because God is telling you, uh, go this way. You say, this, way seems as, this other way seems shorter. So let me go this other way. Then we find ourselves in messes. But the interesting bit is that despite all this, the efforts that we talked about, the rebuilding of the, of the temple, rebuilding of the walls, were all outward expressions. And then we find that at some point, all this, it was like trying to clean a glass from the outside but not dealing with the inside dirt. And one of the key things that Jesus Christ came and as he was talking about with the Pharisees, um, he talked about the wars of the Pharisees. And the examples of that are in the New Testament, uh, several of them, Luke, 30, Luke 11, 37 to 54, as an example. Um, Mark 12, 35 to 40, as an example. Whereby the biggest criticism that he had of the Pharisees was that they stressed on the outward appearance, but never the inside, uh, the inside appearance. And so... As we continue on, while in exile, God comes again to his people and says, I want to make a new covenant with you. Whereby God takes the first step towards not just dealing with what had been dealt with outside, but dealing with the core thing, the inside. And he says, we are going to make a new covenant. You know? That even as we find ourselves in strange places, as we find ourselves operating in places whereby we've made wrong decisions, that we have a God who is full of grace. That he just does not leave us to die in our places of wrongdoings. That he offers us second chances and second opportunities to bounce back again. So, the examples are in the same the same um, word is spoken four different times in the Bible. So it's the same that you'll find in Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19 to 21. 
And it's the same word that you find as well, which we are going to read in Ezekiel 36 from verse 16 to 28. And we're going to start from verse 16 and it says this. Then this further message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, when the people of Israel were living in their own land, they defiled it by the evil way they lived. To me, their conduct was as unclean as a woman's menstrual cloth. They polluted the land with murder and the worship of idols. So I poured out my fury on them. I scattered them to many lands to punish them for the evil way they had lived. But when they were scattered among the nations, they brought shame on my holy name. For the nations said, these are the people of the Lord, but he couldn't keep them safe in his own land. Then I was concerned for my holy name, on which my people brought shame among the nations. Therefore, give the people of Israel this message from the sovereign Lord. I am bringing you back. But not because you deserve it. I am doing it to protect my holy name, on which you brought shame while you were scattered among the nations. I will show how holy my name is, my name, my great name is, the name on which you brought shame among the nations. And when I reveal my holiness through you before their very eyes, says the Lord, then the nations will know that I am the Lord. For I will gather you up from all the nations and bring you home again to your land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. Verse 26, and I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. The same word is repeated in Jeremiah 31 from verse 33 to 35. The same promise. And in the New Testament, we find the same word is written in Hebrews chapter 8 from verse 10 to 12. That you know, amidst, and you know, he comes to Jeremiah. And he, because Jeremiah was amongst those who were left while the others were carried into captivity. And he comes again, confirming the same word through Ezekiel. And Ezekiel was amongst those who had actually been carried to captivity. And he comes and he says, despite all this, there's a message of hope. Despite all this, I am still at work. Despite all this, I still have a plan. If anything, whenever, whenever you want to hear that there's a plan, is whenever you're going through a hard time. Me, I, I love plans, but I always love plans that zitani kwamua. Hello? Zile zenye zitani fix. Zile zenye zitani sort. Zile zenye at least, um, when I start thinking um, about them, I know there is rescue. And then he comes at a point whereby I would imagine some had lost hope, but he said that I am still at work. And all the things that he, he commits himself to doing, he's saying, and I will be the one to give you a new heart. That I will be the one to sprinkle clean water on you. That I will be able to be the one to come and pour my spirit in you. 
Remember, all the other aspects of the rebuilding that they had done were things that were initiated by men. All the things that we've spoken of before are things that individual people had callings and had a push towards doing something about. But this was something that God himself decided that I will be the one to activate it. I will be the one to sort out the whole aspects of having a people who keep sinning and not sinning, sinning and turning back, sinning and doing all these other things. Because you know what? Hello? There's no other, let me use this word, there's no other religion for as long as I have studied religion whereby God the Father is the one who takes the first step towards reconciliation to a man who is broken. Hello? Let me say this again. There is no other religion where we see the heavenly father, our heavenly father, the creator of the universe, one who has nothing to lose, who, one who, has, who, who is not even the person who is offending any other in this instance, the one who is offended, he still comes and takes the first step towards reconciliation and says, and I will. And you see, he gives the example of why he's doing all this in the life of Hosea. Hosea 3.1, he comes and he tells Hosea, go and take back your wife. Just like I am taking back Israel. Though he has been adulterous, I, 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 I still love her. Because they are my people. That you know, in the midst of everything that we go through, he, he, he comes in as much as we deserve ultimate punishment and judgment. He still says, I, I, I still, you're still the apple of my eye. <laughs> if you would say that. Or you're still the star that only shines at night, though there are many stars. That I would still leave the 99 just for that one. And he does that every single time. Every single moment. Every single hour. Every single waking day. He does not get tired. He still goes out for that one. But the question is as well, this one that has already been gotten, not to lose focus of the specialness that you have being chosen by the Lord. That we will not trade our uniqueness of being chosen in place of being going back to the place whereby you are not chosen. Anyway, that's for another day. And God says, I am the one who is going to take the first step. And you know, he says, I am giving you a new heart. And some have said, when it comes to a new heart, it's in reference to a heart or character changed by the power of God so as to be governed by new and holy motives. But you see, he speaks about the characteristics of the previous heart. He says, I am removing that stubborn heart, that unresponsive heart, that forgetful heart, that heart that is disobedient. And instead, I am giving you a new heart. And I'm going to go through several aspects of a new heart in terms of 
what we can pick out from this new heart. One is that this new heart emerges out of living in a place of repentance. Hello? You know, if there's one word that has been abused in the history of church, it's repentance. Repentance has been abused because everybody just thinks and feels if someone calls you to repentance, you are a sinner. We always assume if, you know, if you say people want to repent, just lift your hands and just start praying. Chances are people's hands will not go up. Because people will start thinking, hey, what have I done to start, to, for me to start even getting to a point? I must have done a very big thing. But you know, to repent in its original meaning means to turn. You, you've, you've, you are going in this direction, but then you realize that direction is not where you ought to be. So you are, you, you, you are turning. You are repenting. You are you're taking a different step, a different direction than you are um, previously. It means as well to return. So if I'm repenting, I am returning. And so, it's, it's also a matter of not looking for someone to blame. They're, they're the one who are, who, he's the, she's the one who's responsible. But the type of heart that God speaks and describes is a heart that is constantly living in a place of repentance. A heart that is constantly in that place. You know, I, this, this year, one of the eye-openers that I had is I, I, I got challenged by the Lord about doing personal audits. You know, just like Kevin here will tell you about um, we need to do auditing for the month of this. We need to do financial audits for how your books look like, your income and your expenses. I got challenged that I also need to do a personal audit that does not just involve my finances but also involves um, my spiritual work. That also involves my heart. Whereby, like David, he says, he says one, of the, one of the psalms that is just very interesting, Psalms 139. Uh, you can read the whole of it. I'm going to read uh, snippets of it. He starts off by saying, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I am far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. He goes on and on and on. Then he finishes off in verse 23 and he says, um, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. He's, he, he starts acknowledging the goodness and the sovereignty of God. And he starts to acknowledge even, you know, even when I go to a place whereby I do not think um, any other church member is there to see me. Lord, you are still there. Even when I go to a place whereby I'm in a new country, I, 
you you would think no one ever will see you uh, you 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 are there you i i didn't leave you when i left my country you are still even in this new country you are there but then he comes and he says search my heart know my anxious thoughts then he says apart from just um uh, know my anxious thoughts point out anything any that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life you know a heart that says in repentance looks like a heart that remains in a place whereby you constantly are quite open with the Lord to a point whereby you're like, Lord, if there's anything within me that offends you, Lord, point it out. It sounds like an easy prayer, but it's also a very hard prayer. Because you may be doing something that you feel is quite good, but it is offensive to the Lord. You may be doing that even others are cheering you on while you're doing it. But it is still something that is offensive. You may have even an attitude that is offensive. You may have even a disposition that is offensive. But living in a place whereby you are in repentance is living in a place whereby anything is pointed out, you'll be like, yes, Lord. Forgive me. Take it away. Because there's nothing defensive. There's there's never fruit in being defensive. You will never yield more fruit by being offensive. And you know, even in the criticism, you're like, yeah, because sometimes there are criticisms that are warranted. There are times there are criticisms that may be out of the park. There are sometimes criticisms that may be spot on. So someone said, in every criticism, there may be hints of truth. So instead of concentrating on the hints of the untrue, find a focus on the hints that may be true. So again, um, someone said when talking about a, a repentant heart or a place whereby he's saying, search me, and oh God, and know my, my, my heart test. Somebody said this is also an aspect to carefully consider or think about one's own emotions, about or motivations towards something. Anyway. A new heart is also characterized by this. A new heart is clothed in humility. A new heart is clothed in humility. And you see, um, again, using the same canvas of of David. Um, David in Psalm 25, from verse 4 to 5, 4 and 5, he says this. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. Another version says this, or let me read um, Psalm 61, the uh, Passion Translation and the other translation, um, NLT. So Psalm 61 from verse 1, David says this, O God, hear my prayer. Listen 
to my heart's cry. For no matter where I am, we are just about to close. Oh, kumbe time inaenda hivi. For no matter where I am, even when I am far from home, I will cry out to you for a father's help. When I am feeble and overwhelmed by life, guide me into your glory where I am safe and sheltered. NLT version says this, Oh God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the towering rock of safety. For you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. You know, what David is saying is that in as much as I can lead myself, I know I'll do a bad job if I lead myself. But I'll be humble enough to say, Lord, you take the wheel. I'll be humble enough to say, Lord, you lead the way. I'll be humble enough to say, in as much as I can see this is the path that I need to take, I know that your path is much better. He says in another version, he says he, he, the, he, there are pleasant pathways that he presents whereby one he leads to pleasant things. But it is out of a heart, a new heart, a heart that is clothed in humility that says it's, it's not about me thinking I am right. It's not me winning any argument. It's about me being able to be cognizant of the fact that I may be a good driver, but you are the best driver ever. I may know even the route, but you know the destination. I may know the GPS signal will lead me where I need to be, but you're the GPS signal that will never tell me GPS connection. GPS signal is lost. You, you, you won't come to a place and lead me to a place whereby the road was it was uh, a long time ago. GPS did not catch up. But when we constantly allow him to lead us, when we constantly allow him to clothe us with new hearts, there are several things to go, but um, we'll pause there. Um, and just reflect on a bit and just reflect there for, for a moment. When you talk about having a new heart, a heart that one is clothed in humility, a heart that is constantly living in, pla in a place of repentance. What are the things that God has pointed out even till now? You've refused to say, this is the Lord speaking. What are the attitudes that you've felt so dear to hold on to that even in the midst of God saying, this is the way, walk in it, you're like, no, I do, I do not think this is the way. Even when the Lord has been constantly saying, you need to turn this route, you're like, no, no, this, I do not think this route is where I need to go. So even as we are up on our feet standing, when, when was the last time you did a personal audit of your, of your walk? When was the last time you did a personal audit of your spiritual journey? When was the last time you did a personal audit and asked yourself, search me, O Lord, and know my anxious thoughts? And lead me to the to lead me to the rock that is higher than I. 
When was the last time you're not preoccupied with trying to defend yourself? And you just came before God's presence and you're like, Lord, you are my father. Whatever you say goes. When was the last time that you, that your heart was not stony, your heart was not stubborn, your heart was not um, unresponsive? When was the last time that you allowed your heart to melt before his presence? When was the last time that you, your heart still skipped a beat just out of being in God's presence and just as excited? David says, um, I was glad when they told me to go to the house of the Lord. I was remembering it as a song. <laughs> as a song. Nilifuraia, nilipuambiwa trende nyumbani kwa buwana. When was the last time that you came as a kid before God's presence because your heart would not allow yourself to be distracted by everything else that is singing around you? When, when was the last time that you, that you just kept falling in love with Jesus? Whereby it was not an obligation for you to pray. It was, it was a drive that you had. When was the last time that you felt close to God by, by even if things were a bit crappy, but you could still say, God is with me? When was the last time that you, despite all the waves that have come your, in, in, in your life, in your path, when was the last time that you were still being able to have a song in your heart to say, I know my Jehovah liveth. I know my Redeemer lives. I know, I know, I know. Things may not look like it, but I know. And this is a place that God is calling us to constantly live in a place whereby our hearts are light. Our, 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 our hearts, our spirits are light because we are still living in that place whereby we are communing with him where our motives are before him and our motives are right. So with every eye closed, that we could just speak to the Lord this morning. We are all on different journeys, but we are all on this journey. We may be in different spheres, in different places, but we are all in a different place. But God is calling us to Examine our hearts. If you need to ask the Lord to search your heart, to know your thoughts, to know the anxieties that you've carried. Because God, it's never the intention of God for us to carry anxieties in our hearts. His, his purpose for us is to live lightly, to have hearts that are light, to have uh, souls and spirits that are light, that are not burdened by things, that are not burdened by circumstances, by issues of life. He is the rock that he's, he is higher than, than us. He is light. He is good. He is ever present in our circumstances. He is ever with us. He is ever with us. If you just push past all those noise, if you push past that heaviness, if you push past the doubts, the pain, if you push past every feeling that you may think that you are having, if you push past all that, he is there. He is, he is speaking. He is there. He is speaking life. He is there. He is communicating afresh. He is there. He is whispering his love. He is there. He is 
giving a new charge. Pastor Phil says this, he said, you know, when it comes to the heart, that even when we evaluate the emotions in our hearts, that your heart cannot accommodate having anxieties and faith all at once. That something has to give way. Your heart can't accommodate having love and hate at the same time. So who exactly needs to be forgiven? Your heart can't accommodate being in his presence and then doing other things that are not what he's calling us to step into. Something has to give way. That our hearts can't accommodate pain and joy all at once. Something has to give way. And I imagine David as he was making this prayer and saying, search my heart, search my heart, search and know my heart. There were things that he kept removing from his heart. There were things that he kept wrestling with and taking off from his heart. There were things that he constantly came and surrendered before God. And surrendering things before God, it's a daily thing. It's, it's, for some, it may be even an hourly thing whereby we just come and we break our, we just have that brokenness before God and Lord. He, he, he is able to um, care for our hearts even when we feel as if it's been broken to a million pieces. And even that million pieces is being broken still further to a million other pieces. And he is able to fix and put our hearts back together. He is able to fix dispositions that, um, hey, dispositions that are not of him, he's able to um, remove the, 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 all the terrible things and just give us a new lease of life. Because this was what it was for the children of Israel. It was a new lease of life. He was saying, previously you may have been characterized by being stubborn and disobedient, but from now on there's a new page being written. There's a new chapter being written over their lives, over our lives. A new chapter of hearts that are melted. A new chapter whereby our hearts are so open before him. A new heart whereby we are so responsive to his, to his love. A new heart whereby we will not struggle to get in his presence thinking whether he loves us or not. A new heart whereby we will not even struggle to get into his presence because he has already paved the way. And you know what? With new hearts your heart will be able to find even roots back to him. Your heart will be able to retrace steps that needs to be taken back to that warm place, that place whereby he is God, that place whereby he can commune with you, that place whereby shame and guilt may be something that was there, but it, will not, it won't define you any longer because you're stepping into that place whereby his, his, there's a renewal, whereby there's a transformation of the heart, whereby there's a new, a new lease of life is given, whereby there's something new that is happening. Thank you, Lord. 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 Now, Lord, with a new heart, we discover joy again. We discover joy again. We 
just as Wamboi was saying, we can laugh again. Lord, for those who are here and they can't even remember the last time there was joy in their hearts. They, they laughed until they, they couldn't even take it. They were almost sick because of laughing. Because, Father, you are a fun, loving God. You are, you are serious, but at the same time, you are fun. So, Lord, let there be a revelation of you being a father who is fun, who delights in your children walking and living in a place of joy. Lord, let that revelation of you being a God who is joyous take root, Lord, amongst your people in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, those who came with stony, sour um, dispositions, Lord, will receive a touch of heaven this morning. And that, Lord, they will walk in your joy. They will walk in the abundance of who you are. They will laugh again. They will have reason to smile again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're speaking that it's a new day for someone in this place. It's a new day for someone in this place. It's a new day for someone in this place. Lord, we allow you take our stony hearts and give us tender hearts that you'd give us responsive hearts that Lord you'd give us hearts that are filled with humility hearts that are open hearts that Lord even when we feel like crying before your presence, we will not hold back because we know you are our Father and you can handle it even when we cry. Hearts that understand even when we come before you and we feel as if we are disappointed, as if the whole world has moved forward except us. Lord, you are still there to handle it, Lord. Hearts that understand even if we have promises that we've held on to that seems as if they are unfulfilled, that we can come broken before you and Lord, you will patch us up. You will mend our hearts. You will put us back together, Lord. That Lord, you'll give us the capacities to understand. We, we do not even need to come before your presence and we we look all made up. We look all fixed up when we are not. Because, Lord, you can handle every side of who we are. Lord, you can handle us. Lord, you can handle us even when we are struggling in our marriages. Lord, you can handle us even when we are struggling in relationships. Lord, you can handle us even when you, we are struggling with our workplaces. Even when we are struggling to think about what will happen tomorrow. Lord, we can come and we can be real with you, Lord, with new hearts, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
a burden. It's a fresh start. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. To you be glory, honor, and praise. We just pray as well for anyone in this place who you've never given your life to Christ. This is a start. You can put your hand up and put it down again. We'll pray together and just celebrate and invite the Lord into your heart. You know, I've realized that God is so supreme that he's able to handle our emotions. And he's able to handle the weights that we carry. He's able to handle everything concerning us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We glorify your name because you are good. We glorify your name because you are loving, Father. But Lord, even as we have come before your presence, we acknowledge your lordship. We acknowledge your kingship. We acknowledge your rulership. We acknowledge that we are nothing without you. You are our strength. You are our shield. You are our fortress. Lord, for those who are in need of just feeling your warmth, those in this place, those at home, Lord, may they experience a touch from you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, even as we talk about this new heart, this heart that is transformed by you. That, Lord, you'll continue to minister grace upon grace. That, Lord, you'd lead us to that place whereby our hearts are transformed. Lord, cause us to live lightly, Lord. Not burdened with hearts that are carrying people, hearts that are heavy. So, Lord, to you be all the glory. Lord, to you be all the honor. Lord, to you be all the adoration for there is none like you. Receive all the glory, all the power, the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and his face shine upon you. May he be gracious and kind to you. Over to you, Amboy. Even as you satinize. A lot of challenges there, rethinking, redoing, audits. Yes, so as we go into the new week, let us be challenged and just go into this thing with God. You know, not lightly, but let's just go deep. Amen?
Amen. For the guys who've joined us online, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for staying until the very end. We love you guys, and we hope we'll see you soon in person. Um, we shall continue to stream um, the service online. So, yeah, you're free either to come in or to watch from home. But it's been amazing having all, I think, 31 of you. And for the guys who are here, kuna chai kama kawaida. It's a cold morning, so karibuni for tea. Have a great week, everybody. God bless you. Remember Connect Group. Remember prayer on Thursday. See you there. <laughs>